beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Joshua Black. Joshua, how are you today? I'm doing good, Sean. It's a, it's a good day. And I just actually came from a, uh, a farm of horses. I don't know if, what you really call it, a stable. <laughs> so uh, we get to actually talk with the person I, I met um, and maybe you know some of uh, my experiences there being able to actually touch a horse for the first time. Absolutely. So today we have with us Mary Howes. Mary is the founder and director of the successful not-for-profit business Sunflower Stables, uh, Horse Healing Human Needs. I'll have to ask her to say that again for me uh, if I mess that up, uh, which is located in Otterville, Ontario. This is an equine-supported environment in which horses are instrumental in the healing of human needs. Her success is focused on her ability to intuitively connect with the horses and empathetically connect with each participant of the various programs in an effort to heal mental and psychological trauma. Mary, welcome. Hello. Hi, did I say that correctly? Healing human needs. You sure did. Okay, wonderful. Uh, where do we start? Because it's a very fascinating um, thing that you're doing. Uh, I've heard about it in a few situations, but I think obviously it's more and more prevalent now. I think people are understanding that we can learn so much from animals. Yes, I totally agree with you there. Um, you will find more and more farms who um, horsemen, horsewomen are intuitive, whether they like to believe it or not. The reason they are who they are is because they've made that connection with this incredible magical being called the horse. So, um, it's, it's, it's becoming more and more prevalent uh, right across North America, especially with veterans and first responders. Social workers are embracing the magic behind um, these incredible beings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it really goes back to when humans and animals first started cohabitating. You know, we both found usefulness in each other, the domestication of the horse and you know other animals led us to kind of become closer and closer to animals and now you got situations where we've developed such a bond with certain animals and horses are one of them dogs are another one uh where you feel like there's you look into the eyes of the animal and there's an understanding there's a bond that can happen with other animals for sure but we haven't been with other animals as much as kind of that relationship goes with horses and you know, riding a horse or, you know, horse, working with a horse uh, to get some you know, farm work and whatnot. How did you start out having this relationship with horses? Well, I remember being five years old um, in need of being able to get on one of these incredible beans. And as the horse was coming by the fence line, I just jumped on its back and I remember the horse rearing throwing me off and I fell into a pile of barbed wire. Oh. Uh, it caused my my back to be scarred. I still have a scar, but I just knew I had to get back on and I had no idea that this incredible creature was going to save my life one day. Uh, I'm also a suicide survivee. Um, I've, uh, I was clinically unconscious, they say dead, in a coma for three weeks. And when I came back, um, I looked at life as a second 
chance, an opportunity to uh, embrace these animals again who gave me um, that hope. I think that's a good, good, good point to actually stop at and ask some questions. And so what led you to want to commit suicide? I was in a very abusive um, relationship. My husband uh, was very abusive physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, he punished me with um, holding back affection. And I, I really felt very strong with uh, abandonment. And um, no one should ever feel abandoned in that uh, situation. And um, so my belief system um, to more or less make your bed and lay in it um, caused me to choose the alternative of dying to suicide. Um, I didn't want to live in the pain and I didn't want to die, but rather um, I had to choose the one that was less painful. And that is why I am where I am today, because horses have always um, connected me back to the, uh, the realm of angels and um, just their protection. And uh, yeah, it's uh, a place where peace does exist. Wow. And so when you experienced that and you came back and realized you didn't die, what, what happened then? Did you leave your husband? Did you go find the horses? Like, how did you get to a point where you loved to live again? Well, when I woke up after my coma, I was very angry. I was very angry because the first thing that went through my mind was, oh my goodness, I have to relive that hell all over again and then I remembered the angels and I remembered that there is an ever after even here on earth and I pursued my life within angels and my life within the creator and my life within these majestic beautiful beings and they just became um, just their magic and they caused me to become more intuitive so I'm just trying to clarify the, the storyline. So you had this experience, you're angry, and then did you, were you already with horses at this time, or is it something you went out I wasn't, I beg your pardon, I wasn't as in tune as I am today, but I was definitely drawn to them even more. And without the knowing to the reason why I was drawn to them was they were healing me uh, within my anger, within my pain, within my abandonment, um, just feeling empty and unworthy, they brought me back. And I had no idea that um, just this realm of, of healing that happens uh, in their nonverbal, uh, majestic way, how they can mimic our emotion. Um, and it's all done through nonverbal. So they taught me not to judge. They taught me not to be bitter. They taught me to pick up, move on, and yes, I was able to be strong enough to leave my husband and start my second chance at life. Wow, that's powerful, very powerful. Where did do you get these horses? Where did they come from? Well, we uh, breed our own horses for the reason being 
Um, we like to get to know their personality right from the get-go because that way there we can truly see, um, I call it the mimication of who we are as humans, for they mimic human emotion to the T. Rather, it's all done in a nonverbal manner where um, they don't sugarcoat anything. They say it like it is, and then they move on without, without guilt, without grudges. Um, they, they look at each other again with love, and the harmony um, continues. So I, I kind of um, have adopted six horses, and I, I, I will not rescue a horse. A lot of people ask me why I don't rescue horses. And, and again, it's because these horses that are being rescued are no different than humans who need to rest, who need to learn to trust again. And once they reach that realm of trusting again, um, then we can bring them back and adopt them into a human family as we humanize them back to trust. So, um that's where we get our horses from. Has that uh, answered your question? Yeah, that's that's incredible. I, I, that's what I was actually getting to is is because there is a difference between rescuing a horse uh, that's coming from an abusive place and any animal really, and and kind of raising an animal from birth. But you know, either way, you, it seems like you guys have fostered an amazing place where you can really trust each other. You know, the horses trust you, you trust the horses, and everything comes together. Um, so d- describe what what type of people come to see you. What type of people come to see these horses? Well, we have children from the ages of 3 to 90 plus. And people that come here are looking for themselves. First of all, they're, they've lost themselves. People that have lost themselves and are wanting to refine themselves, and we help them find themselves without judgment. This is a judgment-free zone farm where everyone that comes here right from the get-go knows there is no judgment. Um, we don't look at your creed, your color, your shape, your, your age. We, what we see is the soul, and we welcome everyone uh, to be open to sharing. A lot of post-traumatic stress a lot of abandonment. We work with social workers, children's aid, again, a lot of post-traumatic stress. And what they find within these incredible magical beings are their childhood. They uh, reconnect back with their childhood. And within that childhood, there's so much healing that needs to be repaired. And uh, I'm in awe and I'm humbled to be able to be a part of this journey with them. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Um, one thing that, that made me think about, you know, my dog and, and, you know, the animal that lives with me. And I remember when I, this is my first dog. And when I first got, uh, his name is Rumble. When I first got Rumble, it was tough at the beginning because, you know, he was a, he was young, he was a baby, everything was in the moment, but there is a beauty in that because he forces yeah. you to be in the moment. You know, when you're looking after yeah. an animal, they look you in the eyes and you pet them and everything is in the moment. And I think that's some of the healing comes from that. Um, because Absolutely. Of, right? Yeah. I'm sure as people come to see you, Absolutely. come to see the horses and they're in the moment. They're, at, they're in a farm, you know, the smells, the sights. And once you see a horse, 
in person, you know, you don't want to look at anything else. You're not, sure, yeah. you know, really like it, it's huge. It's beautiful. It's muscular. I mean, amazing creature. So you're right in the moment with them. And, and I'm sure that there's some amazing connection there. Well, there are a lot of people that are afraid of their size. And that's why we offer them pebble steps. We offer them pebbles to be able to build a bridge to, um, to that place where they want to connect with the horse physically, where they can touch the horse. So we allow them to metaphorically touch the horse through their space of safety. So if they want to stand 10 feet away from the horse, well, the, the horse is in the gate and they're on the outside of the gate, we do that. If they want to be in the safe room and um, do their meditative grounding from there, it's whatever each individual needs to build themselves that, um, that bridge. And we call them pebble steps because um, it's their journey and they have to build themselves that wall, uh, sorry, that bridge and, and knock the wall down. Um, and it's incredible to watch how human and horse heal together because they do connect. Um, we have a, a saying here that says, you see me, therefore we are. So they make a connection with one another because they've journeyed that path together in a different realm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, knowing animals and knowing my dog, there's information that is that the animal is retrieving from you that it's not traditional for us. You know, for us, communication, mm -hmm. verbal communication is important. Um, we use visual as well. But animals, you know, through things like smell are gathering information about you that you might not even know you're giving off. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think it's important to kind of respect the animal's space and initially and kind of build that relationship slowly. You know, you got to have respect for your horses because, you know, if you just go in and start petting a horse, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. You tell me, is that, is that going to work? Well, I believe we showed Joshua how to correctly um, put his hand in a snout-like position and you put your arms straight out stretched out straight, which means confidence, because when you go into a horse's realm, you need to have confidence, for a horse can smell the pheromones and our heartbeat. They can hear our heartbeat. So they will react to our pheromones if they are fearful and if our heartbeat is also um, breathing and pounding within a way of fear. So they will not want to come near you. What other type of information are, is the horse gathering? They're gathering your insecurities. They're gathering um, your uh, place of, you see, a human brings their 24-hour moment when they come here. And anything that a human brings within their 24-hour moment, and that human 24-hour moment can stem to 20 or 30 years um, in our past, because when we are not forgiving any bitterness, the horse can sense that. It's imperative that we come into their space with a clean state, but they will allow us if we're humble and are willing to learn from them. Yeah, I think it's interesting because when you look at humans, we've 
I think learned along the way that we can hide our unforgiveness uh, or the the traumas of our past or things we're dealing with and we put on this sort of face and people buy it, you know, um, for different reasons. <laughs> One of the reasons that they don't want to even talk about it. But of course, they know. So there's nothing you can do, as you're saying, there's nothing really you can do to sort of fake that. It's like they can see no, you. you can't. Yeah. yeah, they see you. They see you. They see all of you. They see through you. They see behind you, before you. I had asked uh, Joshua when he was in his meditative uh, grounding, did you sway forward, side to side and backward? And your comment was? All of them. <laughs> all of them. And that was the horse accepting him. And that's yeah, I made some new proceeded, friends. <laughs> proceeded to get close. And uh, when we reached that realm of asking for permission, and that's what we did. We asked permission to go into their space. And he connected with a horse called Mackie that doesn't connect with anyone. And that was incredible to watch how Mackie was able to meet Joshua. And when Joshua touched him, I was able to see his eyes soften and Joshua was able to bring him back to his childhood where there was a lot of trauma, but also joy. And I asked Joshua, what were you embracing? And he looked at me a few times and said, joy. And it was, I was grateful that he was able to give Mackie that embraced feeling. So thank you, Joshua. Oh, no, it was, a, it was a pleasure to be there. And, you know, like I said, like I've never, like I've seen horses, you know, either in a farm when I was a kid or, you know, in zoos, you see different animals. But to be up close to one, and I'm a big, I just finished watching the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy for fun. And there's a lot of horses in there. There's a bond between, you know, the, you know, Legolas and like the horses and Aragon and stuff. And so it's been on my mind for a while. And then to be able to go in there and actually see how big they truly are. Um, and then be able to pet one. It was just a remarkable experience for me. And I got so much joy because it's something I've never done before. As Sean was saying, like when you see a horse and you see humans, you tend to focus on the horse. And I think uh, we were talking for so long, I, I, like, I didn't want to be impolite, but I kept wanting to like, shift my gaze over to the horses because it's something so new um, than, than humans. So to be able to touch one and be in their space was was just remarkable for me and it's an experience i'll like always remember and, and treasure and uh yeah and there's three of them in there so it wasn't just one there, there's uh three beings in there uh feeding in their in their trough so it was pretty cool and did you notice when they were talking to each other in a non-verbal way how they didn't hurt you even though they came swoofing beside you they could have knocked you down but they yeah. didn't. No, they showed me great love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of cues that you were picking up, observing that, that you would know uh, more than even the, like the person visiting the horse, like Joshua, because you've seen their behavior day in and day out, so you could see little subtle cues like that, like them not, not knocking him over and playing with him. Absolutely. One of my question moving forward with this is how can we now move forward and ha have these animals affect everybody? 
how do we do this with with everybody, not just people who are dealing with trauma and recovering from different types of illnesses, but how can we now bring this to the masses and have people have that healing and appreciation? Well, um, again, a lot of people are looking for self-care. And this could be an avenue also as self-care. Um, to be able to balance yourself, it's, it's a tool. It's another avenue that people look for self-care. For these majestic beings can, within five or less minutes, get you there. So if they find a place that has horses, and the owners of this facility are very open to sharing your space with their horses, um, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Uh, groom a horse. Offer your volunteer services. Volunteer. Um, groom horses for you will be able to feel their magic just through your grooming them. Brushing their mane, their tail, uh, washing them. Uh, embracing their strengths, um, and by offering to volunteer, that's also an opportunity for you to give back to your community and at no cost, financial cost to you. I think that's a great point. And uh, so for those people who have the opportunity or who are around horses or around farms who can do that, you know, go out and, and venture and and ask and find that google a farm and see if you can go and and take your kids take your family and start that experience because you know you will gain a lot from it and you'll you'll learn a lot with the animals and if you don't have that accessibility then you know i would recommend with other animals you know maybe dogs or you know cats or if you can volunteer or you know if you have a an uncle or a cousin who has a pet you know go see it Go visit and get those moments of uh, what would you call it clarity and and just calmness and relaxing and fun that an animal can bring. Well, they can bring balance. So, what else can you tell us about sort of this uh, this place that you made called Sunflower Stables? Can you share a little about um, like how many horses you have and what kind of effects you see? Um, and what people you'd expect for people or information for people that maybe want to come? Well, we have 12 horses um, and each horse represents a biography and um, being so unique. Again, my horses on this facility have gained their knowledge through the people that have traveled through here. Every horse will journey whatever the person has experienced. So we have 12 horses that have experienced avenues of many uh, walks. Our place is a not-for-profit organization. Uh, we are able to keep our doors open through community sponsorship. And the glue that keeps these walls up are our volunteers. I am so blessed with all our volunteers. And uh, we never turn anyone away at the door. If someone cannot afford a session, we offer them volunteer banking hours so they can have a session. Because it's very expensive to be able to get well 
And we want to make sure that uh, Sunflower Stables will plant a seed of hope in every heart. Um, so they too will take that seed and plant it within their community. So we're very strong on paying it forward here. And um, we just want to plant those seeds of hope. That's why the Sunflower Stable. And so, yeah, I was going to say, what are some of the sponsors that you have? Um, because you said without their donations, it wouldn't be possible. And if you have 12 horses, it seems like that's a huge financial responsibility. It is a huge financial responsibility. We're having a fundraiser, Max International, um, this Friday, um, August 11th in Delhi, Ontario. Um, they're from Tilsonburg, Ontario, and they approached me saying, we're looking for sponsors. Uh, we're looking to sponsor not-for-profit organizations. We'd like to sponsor you. Um, that is Irene Hurley and her group of wonderful practitioners, um, Horizon Health and Wellness Center in Tilsonburg. Um, we also have Pat Kennedy. She is an RN who has a wellness expo uh, road traveling show, and it's called The Breast show in town because she's a uh, thermographer she will do breast um, uh, thermography so pat kennedy is another one we also have vivian's country cooking in portland ontario we have esmeralda carvello who has concept uh, web design in fact she donated uh, our web um, to us our website to us and she's also an environmentalist. We have butterfly gardens that uh, she has planted on our farm. We, wow, um, so it seems like there's a lot of people in the community, not just like from yeah. one area, but from all over. I think that that's yeah. amazing to sort of see how it's not just like one branch of a society. It's like, it seems like you're doing the words getting out to your whole community. And it's yes. more of a community approach to helping you rather than just, you know, one type of organization. I think that's amazing. Well, we are a community of healing within our communities. Because yeah, every community needs healing. So that's, yeah. that's beautiful. And it's beautiful. You have this space. Um, and what else do, do you have something else coming up too? Uh, is there anything else uh, you're saying the well, 11th and there's, Yes, um, August 11th uh, is a Friday, like I shared. They're sponsoring a fundraiser for us. And September, Saturday, September 16th, we have our open house. It is our first open house in the area. Again, just wanting people to know of our services um, for anyone um, who wants to come and heal and just be still. And so this is not about riding horses, right? It's about being with horses. Well, we do have participants. Uh, we do not call them clients because the moment they want to participate in healing, magic happens. That if they want to master um, their healing on top of a horse, we will offer that to them as well. But we are not a riding facility. Uh, we are ground manner um, horsemanship. Um, through healing, rather, if someone wants to master being on a horse, we will not deny them of that magic as well. Oh, that's cool. That's really interesting. That'll be my next challenge is to ride a horse, but <laughs> <laughs> give me time, give me time. <laughs> that's amazing. We have duct tape. 
You have duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. And and so I gotta say, like it was it's definitely amazing to see these creatures. Um I say they are majestic. And if you haven't seen one, you know, try to find one. <laughs> Go out um to to any kind of uh stable horse farm and try to get involved just to see them once because it just changed your idea of just life and about your connection with uh, other animals. And so on your journey, Mary, so far, have you ever had a death of a horse? Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, Ziggy, Stardust Ziggy is his name. And um, he taught me everything I know within um, the intuitiveness, the um, dreams, the, I call them my matrix moments where he taught me to slow myself down to the point where I can see um, what's really happening as we walk and talk and breathe. And um, I adopted him and without knowing that I had to also um, cause him uh, to die. Um, you know, a lot of people sugarcoat it and say I, I had to lay the horse to rest or I, um, I, I literally had to adopt a horse and um, take his life from him because he, um, his tenants were disintegrating. And within that pain, he taught me how to literally uh, embrace that realm of understanding. So yes, Diggy Stardust um, continues to be my hero within this realm of, um, of Earth. And you see this with a lot of uh, owners of animals where they do have to put them down. And so could you mm -hmm. talk about that decision process and how that was for you? Because I know people at one point in their lives will have to sort of, uh, if they own a pet, will have to go to that moment. So can you share your experiences and some advice? Um, yeah, it was no different, if I may, like the day I chose to die to suicide. It was the same experience where I made that decision to say, I'm done. I'm checking out and that's exactly what it felt like to have to do that um, to Ziggy. It was um, wanting not to have him live in the pain, but rather not wanting him to live um, a life of pain. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And um, it was reenacting my own death all over again um, but being able to learn how to mourn um, this incredible creature and uh, when I think about him I still have the privilege of remembering his majesticness and um, I couldn't be with him as the vet was putting him down and I, I, I ran in the barn and I hid I hid from that pain, and I heard one of the girls that was internshipping with us yelling for me, and when I looked, um, she was waving, and when I got there, they said, he's not going down. This is the third needle, and if you know anything about how many cc's they have to give a horse, one should do it, and he just wasn't going down, and I knew why. It's because I had um, abandoned him. So anyone who has to lay 
their loved one down. Don't ever leave the room. Be with them. Hold them. Assure them that it's not goodbye. They'll see you again. And it's imperative, imperative to do that. Because the moment I got there and I touched him, the vet had that third needle to go in and she was shaking her head going, I don't know why he's not going down. This should have killed an elephant. And I knew why. And down he went. He looked me in the eyes and he said, thank you. So it's imperative to always be with anyone, even in a coma, even hooked up to a machine that one has to unplug. Be there. Talk to them. Hold them. Touch them. And uh, that's what this majestic horse, Ziggy, has taught me. Wow, to, to sit with death and be okay with it. And that's what I sort of see. You know, we, it, it's so common in our culture that we run from it all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, and Ziggy was saying, no, like, sit with me as I die, you know, as I leave this world. And I think that's a beautiful lesson he gave you. Because I'm guessing you're using that as you move forward. Absolutely. And I will share this story with everyone. It's, it's imperative for our own healing, our crossing over um, within that boat of mourning. Uh, it's not only death as in a life being taken, its last breath. It's also in the death of a divorce, a death of a job, a death of failing school, a death of a missed opportunity of buying that car. You're still mourning. And it's important to travel that journey of mourning. And that's what he taught me. Wow. And so as you moved forward in life, did you ever get a, have a dream of Ziggy since he passed? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In fact, um, I, I have perspective being asleep in body and awake, walking around and knowing just that knowing. And even when I'm awake in my body at the barn, my, I actually fall into a sleep. And as Joshua said, so you have visions, many visions, many visions. And I had shared that so many that if I was in the Quaker days, I'd be burnt at the stake. <laughs> yeah, you had to be careful back then. People thought you were crazy. <laughs> And you're a female so I'm glad too. So. I'm born in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so I, I forget. So did you actually have a dream, or no, or just yes. the visions? Yes. Or you did have a dream. Yes. Can you share yes. that? Yes, and that's where the angels, with the angels, and uh, uh, foretelling me that I had to something with with Ziggy. He he wasn't going to be with me for very long, um, but I didn't listen. I didn't want to listen. And so it was after he passed? Before. Oh, before. Okay. Okay. Before, be and then like I saw it. him after. Oh, okay. Okay. So the first one would be like an anticipatory grief dream. So afterwards, what kind of dream did you have? With the angels. With the angels just um, taking him back into like clouds. Like It was like clouds and, and wings and, and angels and um, just taking him back. Sounds beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Did Ziggy have wings too? I didn't see the wings. I just saw his beautiful uh, gray um, and stars. I can see why they called him Stardust Ziggy because it was almost like a fairy had just touched his core and all her fairy dust just made these beautiful stars on, on his chest and his body. Wow, that's such a beautiful image. Uh, so he was what he was gray. Uh, what color was his gray, hair? Gray, white. He was a steel gray and white and silver. Um, and his eyes and his mane was black and his snout was white and very majestic, very, very majestic. And when he had cut his leg, I, I had a little pen made outside for him. And the way he was standing, I just knew, but I didn't want to hear it, that he wasn't going to be with me very long. And I just ignored it. And I I urge people to um, listen. Just listen. Learn to be a good listener because we rob ourselves of whatever time may be left. That's a very good um, life lesson. And the lesson with animals, uh, absolutely. Um, I feel that that way as well. I think you can learn a lot uh, from watching an animal, from observing and, and feeling. And, and in life, that, that, that again, that lesson applies is that, you know, listen to your senses, listen to what's around you, the environment, the sounds, the sights, you know, take a moment to take it in, take nature in, and uh, you'll, you'll gain a lot from that. Absolutely. And so, as we like to say in the podcast, what dream would you want to have of Ziggy today, tonight, if you could? Oh, my goodness, to come and embrace me on a chariot of fire and bring me (laughs) to the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I like it. Yeah, that's huge. Rescue me from this world, Ziggy. (laughs) Rescue me. Wow, that's uh, that's. Very creative, uh, more so than most of the other dreams people have. And I like that once. And so would you go somewhere or just be riding in the sky? Oh, my goodness. I would run a, I, I would want to mock one through every, uni, every dimension just to be able to have him show me where all, you know, all the other horses have gone to be with these angels. And, and just like the sparrows, when you see the sparrows, how they come and they swoop all around us, mm. I just want to embrace that with the angels and all the other horses. But as he's taking me, Mary, just hang on. Hang on and just watch. There isn't ever after. Don't despair. Hang in there and listen. Listen to the birds. Listen to the trees. Listen to the stillness. Listen to how the winds kiss our cheeks. Just listen. And that's what Ziggy has taught me. Wow. So he'll teach you again, too, in the dream. That's that's pretty Mm -hmm. beautiful. And what would you want to be wearing? What would I want to be wearing? Yeah, do you have a special outfit that you always wore with him? Oh, well, uh, barn sexy clothes. Manure. And if any no. of our women are listening, they all, they're all probably wearing the pen right now. 
Depends. Laughing there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, some some worn out jeans. <laughs> the the worn tinge of jeans, tinge of manure. Uh, a tinge of whatever. I yeah. mean, we call it barn sexy here because it doesn't That's matter funny. what we smell like, what we look like. These horses will embrace us, and they won't judge us. They'll just take us wherever. But if oh, I was yeah. going to be ready for him to come and get me. And I knew that I was going through the universe. I probably want to wear my Wonder Woman outfit. Oh, you got one of those? Not today. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get that ready because that time might be coming in terms of going on this cosmic journey. I think. I think. I feel like Ziggy has a, has an additional name in this area. I think we should call him Cosmic Ziggy. Absolutely. Or, or yeah. Absolutely, and um, I'll get a picture and I'll send it to you. But yeah, cosmic Ziggy, here I come. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And if there's anyone out there who's willing to donate us a Wonder Woman outfit, <laughs> we the women here come in sizes four to twenty-four. <laughs> so if we can have one of each, we would be more than honored. A lasso, um, you know, I, I like that. I like that where you're preparing and you know it's it's a fun but it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful image that you're providing us because you're seeing that you know that's the comforting image to you that's what's beautiful that's the, that's what you like to see in your dream and we really hope you have that and I'm sure you will because uh, I think that bond is timeless It is it is uh, Diggy hasn't left he's here and every time I share his story um I know people say to me, my goodness, it's like if though he's right here. And he is. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, when you, when you talk about him, you, you feel that and you feel that love. And I think it's that love that, that brings that energy out to other people to see. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing to witness. And so for those people who are listening, uh, is there any place people can find uh, the Sunflower Stables, uh, any kind of media handles that you have? Well, we do have our website, www.sunflowerstables.com. And do you have anything on Facebook? I think I saw something. Yes, we do. It would be Sunflower Stables, Horses Healing Human Needs. Okay, so listeners, if you... uh... If you love horses and you want to check out what this uh, woman's doing, you know, please look into that. And you're in Otterville, so if you're not in southern Ontario, um, you might not be able to actually go here. But at least you could sort of see what she's doing. And even if you uh, want, you know, send her some a question or two about her experiences with horses or your experiences with horses and how you can and you guys can relate. So uh, thank you, Mary, so much for taking the time to come on and, and share your experiences. Oh, you're welcome. And what we also do, if you do contact us, we will connect you with horse facilities that work alongside magical horses throughout North America and also Costa Rica. So we will That's amazing. connect you because we are a community of healing and it's not about just us. It's about the we in community. That's incredible. And uh, it's really good to hear that, that if people want to connect with something in the area, if they live in California, if they live in, you know, uh, 
New Brunswick or wherever it is that they can find a resource and connect with you and you can help them out. So good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. And you stay safe and be well. Thank you so much, Mary. Uh, So please check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic. If you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams Facebook group. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Grief Dreams. Uh, This podcast can be found on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Uh, So we'd like to end our show with love and gratitude from us to you. beginning.